A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Get off me. I put my leg up in a specific way to keep her from jumping on me, and then she just jumped on my leg. It's been a hot minute since I've attempted to do live snake handling on the podcast, so we're just gonna gonna see what happens, huh? Oh, now that I've presented a lap to you, you're just gonna stand there and make biscuits at me? Rude. So, I did something today. Is it related to the text that you were sending? Mm-hmm. Okay. I sent in a kitty adoption application. For a specific kitty or just a general one? For the cat that I sent you. That black cat? Yeah, the one on Petfinder. The one that looks like this one right here? Yeah. So you can also have a little void with a tiny north star? Yes! <laughs> Yep. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm not expecting a ton. That's part of of my reasoning. And also in her little like description, it said she was very friendly and affectionate and cuddly and also Mm -hmm. said she didn't really seem to mind dogs all that much based on her experience with them, which is good because if I'm going to be continually watching Piper on and off for my parents, Mm -hmm. kind of necessary. Yeah. Can I help you? Oh, is she trying to go? She's trying to go through the panels on my chair. You know what? We're just gonna let that happen. Come here, Chunky. She doesn't know what's good for her. No, she doesn't. And she doesn't need to. That's my job. Her only job is mm-hmm. to squeeze my shoulders and give me snisses. Yes. Um, I feel like I had another thing I was going to say. Oh, um, so I went last night in the interest of public health and I got both my um, COVID booster and my flu shot, one in each arm, and um, ouchie. Yep, the same thing I did a few weeks ago. Big ouchie today. So all day I've just been EXP grinding in Dark Souls. That's the only thing I've been doing today, is just killing all the enemies, going back, like, getting the points for it, going back to the campfire, reviving the enemies, killing them again. Because I'm afraid that people are going to start getting really bored with the Dark Souls streams because of how little progress I've been making. So I was like, ooh, I gotta, I gotta, gotta make myself more powerful so so things can start happening. So that's, aside from uh, laundry and showering, that's the only thing I've done today. Nice. Oh man, the laundry. Did you forget your laundry? (laughs) I got laundry in the washer. 
<laughs> no, I remember after an episode one time, we wrap, we wrapped up, and I was like, oh, fuck, my laundry. And you were like, why do you do this every week? It's because Wednesday is my laundry day. <laughs> yeah, I just do it randomly. It's supposed to be Mondays, but it's become a little bit more random, which makes me forget it even more when I put it in there. Yeah. Where are you trying to go? Like, I... Maybe this was a bad idea, but we're in it now. Away. She is trying to go away, and that's all she has. Yeah. Is she in one spot, and she wants to be in a different spot. Hold on. If I rotate... No, my, the arms of the chair are going to hit the desk. I was like, oh, maybe I can do... Are you going back through? This was a dumb idea, but... Whatever. Um. Yeah, anything else going on with you that you feel like sharing before we get into it? Not really. Fair enough. I'm wearing my, my sweet Ragnar team shirt for the first time ever. Oh, it. hell yeah. I've never seen that. Oh, I mean, you sent me the design, but I've never seen the actual yeah. shirt. That yeah, I've never, and, uh, I've never worn a, so- a softer t-shirt in my life. And I just, like, every time I, like, have an itch or something, I'm like, oh, how are you so soft? I love that. It's really delightful. Yeah. It's really, really key info for the people. Oh, God. Yep. Yep. That's what I thought. Well, at least you, her head's coming back. Yeah, I mean, at least I know where that is. And... That's the most squishable part of her. I know. It's honestly not all that bad of a perch for her. The only yeah. problem is I can't sit up. And what if she gets too much of her weight out the back? It's gonna just pull her down. I just, hmm. I don't know if it could, because I think by the time she's coming back around, enough of her chonky bits are going to be through mm. that her tail's going to kind of just be dragging behind. But I mean, you know, never underestimate her stupidity. Hi. She's like, look at me, look what I did. I know, you're doing such a good job. Okay, yeah, you're okay. You're gonna trail yourself out like a good girl. Come here. Oh, snake ownership. So fun. Um, so the first thing we have planned for today is probably slightly old news by the time we're getting to this, but I love talking about drama. So Brooks, what do you know about the Try Guys cheating scandal? Pretty much nothing. All right, wonderful. Um, so the reason people are losing their minds over this is because- Okay, first of all, do you know who the Try Guys are at all? Yes. Okay, cool. For anyone who doesn't know still at this point, um, before they left BuzzFeed, they were pretty much the only thing that BuzzFeed still had going for them. It's just these four guys who used to be, like, writers, content producers there, who just- they do stuff. They try stuff. They try, like, you know, oh, we try baking without a recipe. We try, you know, doing X, Y, and Z to find out, like- like, you know, we try, dra- they tried drag in one episode. So, like, pretty fun, pretty harmless stuff. Just some guys doing, doing some stuff. Having little adventures. But one of the guys, whose name is Ned, um, he really branded himself like a wife guy. Like, constantly being like, uh, like, and he was the first one of them who was, like, who was married. And he really kind of branded himself a wife guy. Like, oh, like, I'm obsessed with my wife. I love her. Always talking about her. Made that a huge part of his personality. Um, and then he got caught cheating on her. 
by like a fan at a Harry Styles concert, cheating on her with his employee. So obviously people lost their minds, even though he's no one's favorite Try Guy, if I'm being completely honest. Like, I don't really care about them all that much, but, like, Keith and Eugene are far superior. Um, so, I mean, that's essentially it. Wife guy cheats on wife. And, frankly, good on the Try Guys as, like, people and a company for immediately being like, well, he's gone. Like, not trying to, like, salvage the situation from a PR standpoint, just being like, yeah, he's out, bye. Yeah couple things about like how they've chosen to not replace him and stuff like that and there's just going to be three of them from now on yeah now it's going to be the t i think it's going to be the tri guys Ooh, i love a good pun so there you go but yeah that is essentially the try guys cheating scandal wife guy cheats on wife and it's not pretty i don't find that remotely surprising yeah because I feel like the more people talk about their relationship, their significant other, the more they have to talk about how much they love them and stuff like that. That's usually like overcompensating for some, except yeah. fictional couples. Well, yeah, but that's different. It's very different. That's written that but way, like, yeah. yeah, if that's happening in real life, you're compensating for something, bud. Yeah, yeah, like a couple that actually has a healthy, solid relationship. They don't need to talk about that all the time. They have their independent lives, you know, they are- Right, and, like, I feel so bad for his wife because she was kind of, like, like, she's a part of, like, some of the, like, sort of, like, peripheral podcasts that the Try Guys do as a company. Like, she makes content for them, too, and I'm just like, shit. Well, good, she can keep doing it, and he can- That is most, like, I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. And also, yeah. one of the guys, like, in the video they made addressing it, like, he is, like, on camera being professional, and he still looks like he wants to murder someone. I cannot- I would give anything to know what that man would say to me after, like, three glasses of wine. <laughs> Please. So that's essentially it. Sorry, I'm trying to extricate her. Here you go. Ah, gaming chair. It's like a fun little jungle gym for her. But at least I can reach my tea now. You can always quickly replace her if need be. I can, but... Not like it's an arduous journey. No, it's not. I also just feel like I haven't been as great about handling her recently, and I would like to yeah. I'd like to do a little better about that, because she's my sweet bit Yeah, not as good as I should be either. Although she is very... The good thing I have noticed about that is even when I'm not, like like, insanely consistent about handling her. Like, she never, like, has to be re-socialized or whatever. She's just kind of like, yeah, okay, this is what we're doing now. She's a very calm personality, which I like mm -hmm. a lot. And mm -hmm. I guess... I don't know. I've heard I've heard some stories of ball pythons being cranky little shits, which I suppose you're gonna get as individuals with any animal. Mm -hmm. But she is... My sweet little angel. People act like crazy when I say that snakes have personalities. They do. They absolutely do, yeah. They absolutely do. Like, anyone I mean, who works brain with- cell, but There's a lot of personality in that brain cell. Yeah, anyone who works with any- with most animals in any capacity is gonna tell you, or like, has any sort of regular interaction with any type of animal, whether that's in your profession, or owning pets, or anything. Like, unless it's like, an invertebrate, pretty much they have some form of personality. Even if it's just like, oh, one of them is a little more willing to approach people than the other, 
like all animals, most animals have a personality to some degree, in my yeah. opinion, in my experience. They're not gonna be totally 100% the same all the time. Yeah, no, because I have, like, seen other people talking about, like, ball pythons that are, like, or, like, just, like, people, like, making videos about their snakes. Like, yeah, they have ball pythons that act like crabby little shits. And she's just a little loaf. Just chilling. Scaly loaf. My lazy lady. So the next thing we have is something that we brought up in a previous episode as a thing that we should talk about. And what we're talking about is hobby drama. So we each have a story from a thing that we, that, that originates in a hobby that we participate in. And there's also one at the end from a hobby that none of us participate in, which I'm really excited to talk about because like I have, like I am not involved in this whatsoever. I have no stake, but oh my God, the drama. Yeah. I really want to do some follow-up reading on that one. But no, 100%. I, like, we might actually have to, like, make some bonus content that's, like, here's what our investigative report found out, because that could be kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go first, or shall I? Um, you can go ahead. Okay. I got my tabs in here, but... I was originally going to talk about something that's kind of going on right now, and I still can, but since it's just the two of us today... I think the restrictions that I had initially put on um, what stories, like the length of stories that we should be picking, because I chose mine from the r slash hobby drama subreddit, or like I had two saved, but I was like, oh, maybe I can do this. But um, yeah, basically the, I don't think our limit on story length that we initially uh placed applies anymore since it's just the two of us so i think what i'm gonna do is send this link to the chat for this so you can follow along if you would like because i'm gonna gloss over little like a couple little bits of it in the beginning Because you know what fanfiction is. I don't have to explain that. Correct. So, one second. Let me drop the link into the chat here. Come on. Do your thing. Okay, there we is go. Is it supposed to be there? Yes, there we go. Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so I'm gonna read it from my phone. Oh, we're reading them. Or, I mean, I'll give, like, I'm gonna read some sections of it, give you the general gist. Okay. Or okay. I can read, yeah. or, or I can read most of it. Well, I just, I just, I was just verifying. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, one way or the other. Okay, so you know what fanfiction is, you know what fanfiction.net is, but... Here's where we need some details. So from, I'm gonna re just read most of it. From 1998 to about 2014-ish, fanfiction.net was the big, one of the biggest fanfiction sites hosting millions of fics submitted by hundreds of thousands of authors across tens of thousands of fandoms. One of its innovations was offering a single site for authors and readers to post fics. So this is like, you were aware of the message board internet, I was not. 
So what I have been told or what I have like gathered from reading this is um, instead of having to subscribe to different mailing lists or bookmark half a dozen fandom and ship specific sites. So like they would have their forum specifically for like the X-Files uh, uh, interview, like, you know, the Vampire Chronicles, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. That was never something that I had to deal with. So this was kind of helpful. Yeah. Bulletin board because it's like pinning it up on a board and people can take what they want. Yeah. So you had to, I, what I have gathered is that if you were in multiple different fandoms, you had to be on like fandom specific mailing lists for these, like from these message board era websites or even like ship specific mm -hmm. mailing lists. So continuing. The issue is that FFN is a site that's pretty much managed by three unpaid interns and hosted on servers that are powered by a guinea pig in a hamster wheel. Very true. That is part of the reason why the drama that's currently going on with fanfiction.net is in fact going on, which I referenced in either an episode, the previous episode or the one before that. One of those two. Mm-hmm. I have like a little mug warmer and it was doing the automatic shut off. I'm like, mm, no, you don't. Oh, I hate that. Right? Okay. Site rules are poorly enforced. If at all, harassment and abuse are rife. The community guidelines haven't been updated since Obama was sworn in. Ads cover every single pixel of available space. And there have been basically no new features added since 2007. True today. And it was true back then. So despite that, it's still a pretty lively site. It may not be top dog anymore, but it still has active forums, thousands of authors, and millions of readers working around the site's issues to connect with one another and share their stories. There are some older fan there are some older fandoms that got their start on fanfiction.net and where the lion's share of fix continue to be uploaded today. So uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Naruto, the X-Files. But why is it not the top fanfiction site anymore? If it was if it's like, you know, essentially started the notion of the online fanfiction archive. Well, um, yeah, lack of moderation and management, the, it's a pretty host, it's pretty, like, significantly more hostile than AO3, I find, but one of the biggest reasons was the NSFW purges, which is, this is the, this is, like, this is the drama. So, the great and this subsection of this post that I'm reading is called the Great Purge of 2002. And then the author of this post uh, starts with a little disclaimer: apologies in advance. All this went down when I was like six years old, so a lot of this is going to be secondhand. So if there's any mistakes, if anyone listening was around like an active internet user when this happened, I am also getting this secondhand because I was a child at the time. Okay. <clears throat> this I'm probably just going to read mostly verbatim because it's a better explanation of it than I could give in my own words. <clears throat> Erotic fanfiction is one of the staples of fanfic culture. What you might not realize, however, is that it's actually been completely banned on FFN and that it has been since 2002 when the quote, great purge happened. Basically, in 2002, fanfiction.net management made sweeping changes to rules banning second person, song fix, script fix, RPF, and mature fanfiction. And then there's a little note here that the person has put in afterwards. It gets worse. Fanfiction.net announced that they would be going dark for the first anniversary of 9-11. When the site came back up on the 12th, the rules had changed and fix had been purged. Yep, 
They used the anniversary of 9-11 to pull a sneaky on their user base, so they told everyone that they were shutting down in honor of, of the first anniversary of 9-11 and deleted everyone's X-rated fanfiction from their site and changed the rules. And if people didn't have those backed up, they lost them. And the reason for this was because the fanfiction.net was planning on lowering the mandatory age requirement for readers from 17 to 13 years old, presumably to boost their metrics. This And side note, this only affected readers. Authors would still need to be over 18. Keep this in mind because it will come back. Uh, that in turn led to issues with existing fanfictions that were already rated NC-17+. What were they to do with the new influx of kids who would inevitably sign up? How would fanfiction.net protect themselves from angry parents claiming that fanfiction.net had corrupted their precious babies? The solution to all of these problems was simple. Just get rid of the offending fanfiction. The new rating system would follow a system based on the MPAA model, complete with a blanket ban on not just porn, but other, sex other sexually explicit content. So just any and all adult content. Thousands of fics were lost to the void almost overnight. I was too young to witness this, same. Uh, but as far as I can tell, every fic that carried the NC-17 rating or which wasn't tagged with a fandom was struck down. Needless to say, authors weren't happy that their hard work had been wiped from the face of the earth, and many readers were upset that they would never be able to revisit their favorite stories again. And now this whole section is consequences. Uh, the fanfiction community lit up with infighting as everyone tried to process what had just happened. On the one side, you had people who felt like the rule change was arbitrary. Erotic fanfiction hadn't been a problem before, why start now? On top of that, many in the anti-camp took issue with the sudden, unexpected way fanfiction.net had gone about removing the offending fanfictions. They reiterated that it's the user's responsibility to self-police and avoid content that isn't appropriate for them, which is still such a massive problem in the fanfiction community right now, which I can get into at some point, maybe not this episode, maybe later this episode, but holy shit, the inability of people to, like, police the content that they personally consume and like not pay attention to like whether or not something is like like a fan fiction is tagged with something that they don't like oh my god it's creating such a mess right now anyway however you also had people siding with the site pointing out that they had the right to change the rules and that if users wanted to write smut they could make their own damn website spoiler alert they did that's ao3 <laughs> uh, some suggested that the site had advertisers to worry about pointing out that the I am over 17 declaration users had to check off was functionally worthless and that children would easily be exposed exposed to explicit fanfiction anyway. Some implored users not to boycott what was, at the time, the best fanfiction site around in case that led to the site going down. While people protested and made petitions, other users decided to take things a step further. Instead of just complaining or jumping ship and joining the fanfic scene on LiveJournal, a former fanfiction.net staffer who wasn't happy with the move set up her very own alternative sites to serve as a haven to fanfiction.net refugees and readers who wanted smut. Neither of those sites are exactly big names in today's fanfic scene, so the websites that this person created. I'm skipping over some details that only people who are really invested in fanfiction as a hobby are going to be interested in. Uh, Neither of those sites are exactly big names in today's fanfiction scene, and the reason is that is as simple. As NSFW-only websites, they just weren't good replacements for fanfiction.net. Not that it mattered, though. After the purge, fanfiction.net management went back to business as usual, which is to say, doing virtually nothing at all. People realized that the once 
that once the big purge was over, that any newly uploaded smut had pretty good chances of simply slipping under the radar, with only particularly egregious or high-profile fics being made examples of. Yeah, you can technically still find porn on fanfiction.net, you just have to know where to look. Uh, with this knowledge, smut fics almost instantly started to make their return to fanfiction.net pages, with only the occasional deletion here and there to keep the users on their toes. They even came up with their own lingo to get around the NC-17 ban, and this is approximately when I started becoming, like, when I discovered the notion of fanfiction online. So the, like, kind of code that people would use to say that, like, this fanfiction contains some adult content, they would say that it contains lemons. Don't know why. I don't know why that was it, but I... That is a thing I remember. Mm. <laughs> and then I like what this person adds, because they did it again. For a decade, the fanfiction community lived in harmony. Then, the site admins attacked. Second subset, the Great Purge of 2012. You really thought we were done? After a full decade of inactivity, site administration came out of nowhere and effectively Thanosed thousands of fix out of existence for breaking the rules. There was no warning, it just came completely out of the blue. One day, people were happily enjoying their dirty fanfiction, and the next, authors found their hard work gone at best, or even had their accounts banned at worst. Why now, after ten years of being asleep at the wheel? Nobody really knows for sure. Perhaps it was all the attention brought by the then-recent success of Fifty Shades of Grey. Perhaps the site admins decided now was the time to clear the backlog and simply hit delete on all of the fix. Oh, jeez, my headphones. More likely, however, it was because of yet another rule change, this time allowing authors under 18 to register. So, it did come back. And it wasn't just smut that was lost either. Remember how I mentioned the vague wording of the quote, no adult content rule? Yeah, turns out many other fics dealing with adult but not sexual subject matter, such as abuse, would also be caught in the crossfire. According to some users, fics that had the audacity to use curse words and fic titles or blurbs were liable to be deleted as well. Now, there's no definitive count of how many fics were lost that day, but estimates range from anywhere between 8,000 at the low end and 62,000 stories at the high end. And it wasn't just fics either. Thousands of accounts were suspended as well. Consequences round two. So, people were pissed. Just like last time, forums lit up with angry users in arms. Only, unlike 2002, this time there weren't other rule changes to muddy the waters. This time, site admin had come after their smut, plain and simple. There was vigorous debate as people who'd had their fix purged clashed with rules lawyers, the anti-camp was understandably mad at the uneven application, and the fact that 10 years of worth of work had been lost, while the pro-camp once again pointed out that it was the user's fault for breaking the rules, and in terms of raw numbers, not that much had been lost. Others focused their attention at the way site management went about it, which didn't give them any opportunity to save their work. Of course, not all users were quite as reasonable. Many turned to conspiracy theories, suggesting that site management was homophobic and that they were disproportionately targeting fics with same-sex pairings instead of hetero ones. Others blamed infamous groups like Critics United, which was a group of self-appointed fanfiction police who would harass people in the comments if their fanfictions broke rule web uh, website rules, which is a whole nother thing. That was actually my second choice for hobby drama, was talking about Critics United. <laughs> The drama got so big that it even warranted an opinion piece in the Huffington Post. I will be linking this Reddit um, post that has all of these further links in it for anyone who's interested. Uh, 
Eventually, though, the drama subsided when it became clear that fanfiction.net was going to stay the course. Unlike last time, however, th this time there was a viable replacement site for fanfiction.net, archive of our own. You might recognize it as the preeminent fanfiction site today. At the time, however, AO3 was still a small fry, still getting off the ground, and its servers struggled to stay up as thousands of FFN refugees flocked to it and joined, migrating their work over. Still, its anything-goes policy, nonprofit status, and legal advocacy on behalf of fanworks meant that people continued flocking to it anyway. So, concluding with the present day. Nowadays, fanfiction.net is still pretty much, it's mostly a ghost town. It's technically still active, fics are still posted there, including many smut fics that fall under the radar, and there's a good number of users still there. What's more is if your main fandom was most active during the period when FFN was king, again, X-Files, Buffy, Naruto, Harry Potter, then it's probably still the main fanfic hub. It's been almost a decade since the last Great Purge, and we're probably overdue for another one soon, actually. And when that happens, expect to see the same cycle play out again. So there you are. That's my hobby drama. Fanfiction websites deleting a bunch of their users' stories and using 9-11 to do it. And it's 2012, I mean 2012, 2022, which would be exactly 10 years, so it's an every 10 years thing. Yeah, and again, um, the current fanfiction.net drama going down, the site domain is registered until 2028, but they haven't been updating it, so uh, save anything you want from there before the site becomes absolutely unusable, because if they're not updating it and debugging it, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just buying you a little more time to save your fanfics. And yeah, the current thing, I'll talk about it some other time because that's a whole nother like 30 minutes. Suffice it to say that teenagers don't know how to curate their feed and police mm -hmm. the content that they consume and expect other people to do it for them. And it's getting really messy. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's such a broad issue in media in general that like, people expect the government or whomever to essentially hold their hands and protect them from things. And it's like, no, we give you the tools okay, to you protect Okay, no, no, actually, I am going to go into this. There's this whole thing, it's just happening a lot on Twitter. You are either anti, you're either what's considered anti-ship or pro-ship, which is essentially, you know, there are people out there who will get mad at this, but I am firmly in the pro-shipper camp because that essentially means that you acknowledge and understand that somebody reading fan fiction with, you know, some problematic elements doesn't necessarily mean that they're okay with that in real life or that they're a bad person. Mm -hmm. uh, Anti-ship is the opposite. Anyone who reads any content that they deem problematic is a bad person. And any uh, content that and one of that an anti deems uh, like, you know, that they personally are offended by should not exist or be accessible to anyone is essentially the thing, like, their whole. Like, if you personally are grossed out by explicit fanfictions with, like, super intense BDSM, then that should not exist or be available to anyone. That doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't. It's total BS. 
No, not everyone likes the same stuff. Not everybody mm -hmm. is affected by the same stuff. If you've been warned that it contains that content, just stay away from it. Yep. I well, don't know what happened them. to the, like, don't like, don't read. Yeah. Like, that was, a, like, the mantra of, like, the fanfiction community for a very long time. And on the, like, you know, pro ship side, still is. But yeah, it's ridiculous. But you can't judge an entire person based on one thing they might have written. Like, sure, if it's a pattern where they're writing problematic things, then you think, then you might think, okay, this person maybe has some issues, but see, there's an opportunity for education. Yeah, no, it's it's unbelievably messy. So yeah, yeah I don't know. That's the fanfiction drama, both past and present for. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. For you. So that's mine, because God knows I've copped to writing fanfiction on this podcast many a time. And now, Brooks, mm -hmm. you have some hobby drama for us. Man, do I. And oh, I, wonderful. I was struggling because I got my top three. I'm only going to go into detail on, on the number one, okay. but have my two honorable mentions. Um, because the two honorable mentions are both also about a website. Love it. For my hobby, which is a website 
called Ravelry. Oh, it is, okay. Yeah, I. It was a, yeah. I know of Ravelry. Yeah, so it's um sort of like a, a social networking site in a sense for knitters and crocheters, but it's also a place where like you can post your project. You can get patterns to make things. There's forums for discussion. Question. Right. Yes. What era of internet is this from? Uh, like, does it resemble, like, for example, like the way fanfiction.net, for example, still resembles yeah. the early message board internet versus AO3, which is a bit more updated, like still has like message boards and forums and stuff, but it's not a like message board website. Oh yeah, no, it's not a message board website. It's just a separate like. Um, so, for example, you can have a forum that's for a specific designer. Yeah. And then there'll be like a little um, discussion for each of that person's patterns, so you can ask questions about it or something like that. So it's a little, it's a little bit more like Reddit in that sense. Okay. That portion of the site, um, but it's also a lot like, I guess, more like Facebook in the sense that you have your individual profile and you can click on a person's profile and see their projects and. And things like that. So okay, it's, yeah, it's I would not to continue oh, well, bringing it back to this, but AO3 has a similar vibe. Okay, yeah, I mean, but it's like it's the go-to website for every knitter and crocheter. Like, it's the one site for us. I myself spend um, way too much time on there. It is my most visited website. I love that for uh, you. Not a problem. So it is. It's like, not a the problem if it's not hurting anyone. That's true. It's going to be a problem for me and my time and uh, my finances because of the yarn. Whatever. But... <laughs> so the number three um, that I'm just going to mention briefly, my number three yes. knitting related drama, which involves Ravelry. Um, I forget what the year was. Hold on. I have the uh, have it open on here. Um, so it's been around since 2007. Okay. Um, and it kind of maintained the style, like the website style and design of 2007 for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, and then not too long ago, a couple years ago, they decided to completely redesign the site. Uh -oh. So yeah, they changed the graphics, they changed the colors on all this stuff. Um, and people lost their minds. They were complaining about like that they were getting headaches from the design. People who had seizure disorders claimed to be getting seizures. Um, and when they would go and complain, Ravelry would, like, take down the complaints. Like, there's a whole thing. I will provide the link because it is a long one. Hell yeah. That's my number three drama. The new website redesign causing seizures and headaches. And the, the website kind of trying to sweep it under the rug, essentially, and gaslight people. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> number three. Yeah, what's number one? I know, right? Oh, you're going to love it. Oh, I get the um, feeling. Yeah. So my number two one is actually a really short one, um, also about Ravelry. And this one is from three years ago. Right. Um, or was it longer ago than that? Yeah, it was three years ago. They made an announcement of a policy change that they would no longer allow any sort of support for Donald Trump on their site. Okay, banger. Um, and so I want to read the, uh, I actually have the specific policy in front of me and just a couple excerpts from it. Okay, maybe this is drama where I'm on the side of the drama causer, but I'll, I'll reserve judgment until you read it. Continue. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is June 23rd, 2019. We are banning support of Donald Trump and his administration on Ravelry. 
This includes support in the form of forum posts, projects, patterns, profiles, and all other content. Um, so being, and then just a little thing, we're not going to destroy your stuff. You know, we'll, we'll give you a chance to save it. And then in bold font, we cannot provide a space that is inclusive of all and also allow support for open white supremacy. Support of the Trump administration is undeniably support for white supremacy. Okay, pop off, Kings. <laughs> um, the community guidelines have been updated with the following language. Quote, note that support of President Trump, his administration, or individual policies that harm marginalized groups all constitute hate speech. So basically saying supporting him is hate speech. I mean, I don't disagree. Yeah, so policy notes, you can still participate if you do in fact support the administration, you just can't talk about it here. We're not endorsing the Democrats nor banning Republicans. We are definitely not banning conservative politics. Hate groups and intolerance are different from other types of political positions. Um, we are not banning people for past support. Do not try to weaponize this policy by entrapping people who do support the Trump administration to voicing their support. Similarly, antagonizing conservative members for their unstated positions is not acceptable. I mean, um, yeah, this all seems fair to me. I'm sure people freaked yeah. out. I'm sure people who oh. are knitting MAGA hats freaked out, but yeah, I don't really care. And, and then the update to the policy the day that President Biden was sworn in January 20th, 2021. Although Donald Trump is no longer president of the United States, this policy is in effect in perpetuity. Hell yeah. Okay, you know what? I'm on their side. I am on their yeah. side. Oh, I mean, but it, it, oh, it, oh, this I'm is sure. one that actually made it past the knitting community into the broader media oh, at, I'm at sure. the time. I'm sure Tucker um, Carlson ran with this. Yeah, they're like, oh, they're, they're silencing conservative voices and, and mm, all that no, sort of stuff. No, they're a private website. They're allowed to have terms of service yeah. that you have to comply with. Yeah. And it's, again, they explicitly say it's not about conservative voices. It's about Donald Trump specifically and the people that support him, you yeah. know? And it's like, we're not banning you just because you support him. Just don't talk about it. Yep. You know? Um, so they took down, like, every pattern that was pro-Trump and, um, like, pictures of projects that were pro-Trump and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it was a pretty huge thing. Sounds like it. But, the main event. I'm being, like, seat-belted to my chair by her. To, to begin, I will just read the title of the Hobby Drama post. Oh, sweet, it did wind up on there. Cool. I thought it was going to be a personal one you chose for a second. Oh, no. I have three, those two I just mentioned also have hobby drama links. Oh, wonderful. So we'll be linking all of that and yeah. you can- oh, I should have sent them to you while I was talking about them. I just realized that. I mean, I like hearing your narration of them anyway, and I don't know how- Oh! What? Look at her head! Oh, I should have seen it. Like, am I blend, blending in? Hi! <laughs> Here, I'm putting the links in the on-air Oh my chat. god, I love her. Sweet. So there's the, um, I just sent you the one for the, the seizures. Yes. Okay. Here's the Donald Trump post. And then this is the page from Ravelry where they actually had the specific policy. Sweet. Okay. So then the main event one. Yes. I'll post that now. There we go. The title of which is... About a decade ago, prominent members of the knitting slash crocheting slash yarn community couldn't faking their deaths. 
with bonus yarn club drama part one. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> now, this one is really long and it oh not really I mean pretty long. And it's only part one. I never actually read part two because, you know, I kinda uh, this is more than enough. Fantastic. And you know, we'll have this. You can go explore part two in your own time. Yeah. And I get the feeling I yeah. probably will. Hit me with it, yeah. Bestie. I will follow along. Okay. Um, so, just the, one of the, the, a line from the first paragraph. Uh, the short version is that the first decade of the 21st century, the yarn and fiber crafting community suffered an epidemic of tragic, shocking, utterly fake deaths. Incredible. So, um, yeah, and so I'm not going to read parts of this just because I don't remember which parts of it I thought were relevant when I first read it a few weeks ago. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to more um, summarize the gist. All right. So I know when a lot of people think about yarn, they just think about, oh, if you go to like Joanne or Michael's and, and get some yarn. As I have and learned from what, you, not the yeah. case. Well, I mean, yeah. you can make those well, little... You can make those little, um... Amigurumis. Yeah. Isn't that what yeah. you told me? Because it needs the plasticky stuff to keep it... Yeah, acrylic works better on those. Standing. Yeah. Okay. Yay, I did um, learn something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people do that, for sure. Um, but large swaths of the fiber arts community primarily purchase their yarn from local yarn shops and independent dyers. You know, it's like, it's this whole, like, cottage industry. So there are a bunch of like independent dyers who dye all of their own yarn by hand. And some of the ones that are kind of newest to the scene who are like kind of just starting up will rather than make a whole bunch of yarn and dye it in advance and hope someone buys it, they instead take pre-orders for the yarn. Uh, people say, here's how much I want, here's the colorway that I want, and the dyer will dye it up and send it to them. Makes sense. Um, so it's something that makes a little more sense for somebody who, you know, is just kind of doing it on the side or, you know, ha doesn't have enough capital built up yet to be making a bunch of yarn in advance. So that's kind of the setting for where this comes in. Okay. So it started in right around like the mid aughts. Um, there was an independent dyer called Mystical Creations Yarn. Okay. Um, and got really popular and was starting to take off and really grow. And um, I, I take it back. I'm going to read a few parts of this. So around the time that she really took off, she meaning the dyer behind Mystical Creations Yarn, people started posting in her Ravelry group about receiving subpar product with knots, felting, having late shipping, etc. This was pretty standard minor drama for a hugely popular indie dyer and didn't have a major effect on its own. Okay. I mean, you know, then, can't get everything perfect. Yes. Then in January 2008, um, someone posted in the group that she had purchased yarn from MCY two months ago and hadn't received it or heard anything about why it hadn't shipped. As of this date, this was from a couple years ago, um, that thread had 14,129 posts and is the repository for all information about MCY going down in flames. <laughs> the basic timeline is as follows. Oh, I'm so invested. Yeah, I'm gonna try to shorten this as much as possible. I mean, don't feel like you have to. <laughs> it it really uh like it's insane okay i love insane so, late 2007 to early 2008 people start complaining about mcy orders that were never shipped 
It's important to note that these companies are largely run by individual people out of their homes, and the business owners usually have a significant presence on Ravelry. People have a tendency to give them more latitude than they would a big company, right? So there's like people in their garages dying, yarning, or like, yeah, they got lives. I get that they might not be super speedy. This means that lots of times someone might order something, see that it's late, but not do anything about it until a pretty significant amount of time has passed, at which point it is often too late to dispute the charge with PayPal or their credit card company. At this point, they're out the money and just have to cross their fingers that eventually they either get the yarn or a credit. All right. So and that takes us then to February 23rd of 2008. Here's where it starts to get extreme. Someone, interestingly, another prominent indie dyer, posts in the mega thread that she received an email claiming the owner of MCY, a woman named Danielle, is hospitalized, and that her family is trying to fill orders in her absence, but that since the dyer is incapacitated, they are essentially out of yarn and money. They ask people to bear with them and say Danielle will start dying again when she is out of the hospital. Other people report getting the same email. Most think it is bullshit. In the meantime, internet sleuths have done some digging and discovered that MCY is not registered as a business in any official capacity. In other words, not listed with the New Mexico Secretary of State. Right, so now at this point, we have an indie dyer who's posted on a forum, said she's been hospitalized, but then somebody else finds out, wait, she doesn't even have a registered business. That's kind of weird, right? Oh, this is getting insane. March 2nd, 2008, so just like, what, like a week later? Yeah, about a week later. A poster named Susan from Alexandria, Virginia, enters the thread and announces that Danielle has been in the hospital for six months with leukemia and is unexpected to recover. She says that in Danielle's absence, quote, the business has gone to heck in a handbasket, and Danielle's sisters have a ton of urine they need to unload fast. Everything must go. She is met with skepticism. Who is she and how does she know any of this? She somewhat bafflingly replies that she is new to robbery has no connection to Mystical Creations yarn, but is a fan of their yarn and, quote, just wanted to pass on the information that they seem to be having a fire sale, and if I could score some of that yarn for a cheaper price, I'm going to. People are dubious, to say the least. Lots of people assume that Susan, along with a few other new posters highlighting the low, low prices on leftover MCY yarn, are probably sock puppets of some type. So in other words, you know, made-up accounts, yeah. That are, you know, yeah, for the people who aren't aware. Um, a few people are also posting about email conversations with Danielle's brothers and sister, who others suspect are probably just Danielle herself. Oh my god. March 3rd, 2008, the plot thickens. Another poster who's confirmed to be another seller and MCY's sole distributor in Europe drops in with some new info. Danielle is not in the hospital. She does not have leukemia. Her brother died some years ago, and she is not known to even have a sister. <laughs> the poster knows all of this because, as a distributor, she is in regular contact with someone who calls Danielle once a week at minimum. Busted. Holy shit. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ravelers are in motion. The thread is peppered with posts about what to do if you are owed money and how to file a complaint with the Better Business Bureau. A few days later, someone posts about an investigation being initiated with the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint <laughs> So now we got the FBI in here. Oh my god. March 9th, 2008. So 
five days later. Oh, man. <clears throat> this is my favorite part. Oh, my God. A poster reports that she has received an email from Danielle's sister, Margaret, that Danielle has passed away. I shouldn't be laughing. Specifically, but again, she doesn't have a sister. We've already established that. I think you can, I mean, I think the fact that faking their death is in the title, I think you're allowed to laugh. It's a fake death and a fake sister, so. Uh, so specifically, Margaret <laughs> writes, quote, I can hardly talk slash write right now. I am crying so hard. Mom just called from the hospital and Danielle has just passed away. So literally not a single person believes this for even oh one second. The primary reactions are shocked outrage and general hilarity. Who gets the call that their sister has died and through a veil of hysterical tears takes to the internet to email her late sister's yarn customers? Oh my god. <laughs> She's Margaret is claiming that her sister just died of leukemia and the first thing she does is hops on the computer to email the yarn Come and on. this is after it had already been reported on the forum that she does not have a sister by the Europe distributor in Europe. This is insane. So she's still she's still trying. She's still really trying. So we're getting Commit to, to the, the end bit, here. man. Commit to the bit. Yeah. yeah, we're getting to the end of this story uh, again. This is just part one. There's she is not the only person who faked her death. Holy shit! We will link part two. <laughs> so uh, now we're up to March eighteenth of two thousand eight. <laughs> Don your morning clothes just yet. Someone posted in the thread that there's no effing way that Danielle is dead, since someone she knows just spoke to her on the phone that day. <gasps> also, a former employee of Danielle's who has been selling some of her old stock in a separate Etsy shop, um, I'm gonna skip over that part, mentioned seeing her a few days earlier at Walmart. At this point, the thread is in full meltdown mode with gleeful internet sleuthing and a swarm of likely sock puppets. Um, yeah, so a lot of that stuff has been deleted since then. And then May 1st of 2008, the final delicious chapter in the saga, a user posts the following, um, and this user starts to be called the helper, um, because they, uh, they're likely a sock puppet or a fake person helping Danielle while she was in the hospital. So, some made-up person. Okay. Um, so the post is as such, I thought the helper should know that a woman claiming to be Danielle Glunt presenting Danielle Glunt's driver's license with an address on Futures Road as proof of ID was seen and overheard today depositing checks at a neighborhood branch bank. She was driving a brand new car with dealer stickers and tags still on it, I might add. Um, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so th this is like, this is not the only person who did this. That's insane. It like, yeah, it was this period of time. And I should point out, this was before I was a knitter, so I was not, I did not have firsthand knowledge of these events. Gotcha. But, yeah, well, I um, was not around yeah. for either, I was not active on fanfiction.net all that much yeah. for either of the, per for definitely not for the first period and not all that active for the second one. Yeah, yeah, so like they note at the end of this, um, MCY sang into Yarnternet lore, and without more fuel for the fire, fire, the drama started to slowly ebb away. Last I heard, people were working together to build a complaint for the New Mexico Attorney General, but I'm not sure what, if anything, came of it. To this day, old-timers like me joke about zombie dyers and guess it's time to just fake my death when things get overwhelming. That's insane. 
in, in the very last sentence of the whole thing. If you can believe it, I was originally going to share another infamous fake death story from the yarn community here, but this post got so long, I'll probably save it for another thread. The yarn world is rich with delicious drama. Oh my god, apparently. Yeah, I mean, so it's not... It definitely happen has happened more times than it should have, because it should have happened zero times, but like... I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so it's this bizarre thing where it's like, all right, I'm an independent dyer, you know, um, but I'm only going to make things on demand because I don't have a ton of capital to be making stuff in advance. Great. But then people just start sending you money for pre-orders. And, you know, it's hard to say after a while, did she just get so overwhelmed? She felt like she had taken more orders than she could actually fulfill and was, like, panicking. Because people did get yarn, correct? Some people did. Okay. Not cool. everybody did. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So, like, there were people who ordered from this person and had no problems. Well, so it started off that way. Like, when she okay, first yeah. started. Okay, yeah. So, like, that's she why she got popular, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and she was, like, featured on some big, like, knitting news site. And, you know, she was, like, exploding in popularity. And so the orders dramatically increased. Mm. And that's when people started to complain about the quality where, like, the yarn would start to felt, it would have, like, knots tied in it. That's one of the worst things when you're knitting along, and clearly somewhere in the middle of the yarn ball, the yarn was broken, and they just knotted it together. <sighs> hate that, because you can feel it coming off your hand. Um, and so the quality drastically went down, and then she just stopped sending altogether. Oh, my God. So it's possible That's that she... Yeah, it's possible that she got in over her head and just took on too many orders and couldn't handle it. Or at certain point, she just realized, like, hey, I've already got these people's money. I can just, you know, keep it and not even make the yarn at all. Jesus. Because, Holy like, that, that last line where they were like, hey, so um, a woman using her name and her ID just pulled up in this brand new car with deals. It's like, suggesting that she's spending the money that people were giving her for yarn and she just wasn't making the yarn. Oh my god. But that's happened on more than one occasion. A yarn dyer just stopped sending yarn that was prepaid and Jesus. then pretended to die. Oh my god. That's nuts. Because <laughs> what else do you do at that point, you know? No, <laughs> like, honestly. If you're overwhelmed, you can't possibly fill all the orders that you've taken in. You don't want to give the money back. Uh, people are harassing you about it. I mean, I feel for a person in that situation up until the point that they don't just give the money back and say, hey, I took on more than I could handle. Because, like, yeah. I get it. Like, you know, if you're, like, growing, like, a small business and then suddenly you absolutely explode in popularity and it's like, oh, shit, like, yeah. this is more than I can keep up with. Like, as soon as you don't return the money, that's when I feel bad. That's when I stop yeah. feeling bad for you. Because I understand getting overwhelmed. It happens. Yeah. The only way I could have maybe a little bit of sympathy is if she were, like, really financially struggling and needed it to, like, keep the lights on or, you know, feed her family or, you know. Yeah. Even that's not okay, but I'd have more sympathy. Yeah. No, I, I, so get, I get what you mean. But the car <laughs> thing... Just, uh, fallen. You hate to see it. You really do. Which is just, like, it, that's insane to me, right? People are like, oh, knitting, crochet, old lady activities, yarn, so boring. And it's like, oh, no. They're faking their deaths to get away from <laughs> That's wild. All right, I am going to put her back because I think I'm going to need both hands for typing in a second. Okay. If you would like to say things to the camera, go ahead. Things to the camera.
thanks to the camera. <laughs> You're supposed to say, okay, Dad. She can't hear me. She's uh, in the other room putting the snake princess, the princess, into her habitat. I'm supposed to say. Um, I will continue talking about my hobby drama. Yeah. The funny thing is that I could hear everything you said because my headphones are Bluetooth. I just couldn't respond to it because my microphone is stationary. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I realized belatedly that I was like, oh, I, um, I, <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought. Well, I, I was mean, trying you know. to, like, look at my phone for, like, the next thing while also talking and saying words, and then I couldn't, uh... Well, good thing that only took all of two seconds. So, uh, b -b 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 here we go. This one also requires a link, which I will be sending out, because I want to play this video, at least parts of it, in full, because it is deliciously dramatic. This is hobby drama from something that neither of us are involved in. Yeah. So here. Oh my god. Dang. Yeah, this is wild. I found this on Twitter, like, before we were talking, like, when this episode was still, like, in the planning stage, and I was like, oh So here is what it is. Serious controversy in pro-fishing tournament as multiple-time winners are caught stuffing lead weight and other fish fillets into their fish to have the heaviest catch in order to win hundreds of thousands of dollars in prizes. And here is the video that accompanies this tweet, which I will be playing in full, or like most of. So let's yeah. just enjoy. Oh no! Why are we loading? I say, am I supposed to be able to hear that? No, it's. Oh, yeah. God, 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 Okay, so you get the idea. Absolute insanity. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of want to talk about that. Like, just... Wow. And, like, honestly, I understand why they're that mad. I really do. Hundreds of thousands of dollars? Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
How did they find this out, by the way? Like, how did they find out that they were doing that? So many questions. Like, did it, like, did a weight just, like, fall out of the fish? Yeah, this is what I'm gonna do further reading on it. No. Because there's gotta be- 100%, I need to find follow-up, but, like, oh my god. I saw that on Twitter, and, like, watching that, like, I, like, watched that video the first time when my jaw dropped. Yeah, maybe somebody saw him putting things in the fish. But also, if if you've been running that scam for that long, like, wouldn't you, like, be more careful? Well, I mean, what if, like, somebody in his life knew about it? Like, somebody that was, you know, close to him that helped him get the lead and (laughs) whatever, all that (laughs) stuff. Um, And after a while, they were like, yeah, I just can't do this anymore. Interesting. And also, my thing Uh, is, like... Like, what if people were catching fish that were approximately the same size? Yeah. And then his was weighing, like, significantly more? Like, I feel like maybe that could tip people off. What are those fish? They took two lead balls and a fish fillet out of it? It's like, really? Yeah. Like, that's a, like, that's, like, if you're, here's the thing. If you're trying, if you're really gonna cheat, make it subtle. Yeah. Like, fish fillet makes more sense because that's like, the actual density of a fish. Yeah. You know, so it's not going to be too much. Oh it would God. just be a meteor fish versus lead. Like, that's not going to... Yeah. Like, I feel like that is, like, re- like going to make a very obvious difference. Like, if you... Again, don't cheat unless it's, you know... Vi- violate academic integrity in exams. Whatever, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. College is hard. Yeah. I never did in your class. Hmm? I never did anything in your class. I have actually straight- I have never cheated on an exam. I will say that. I haven't, but, you Mm. know, if people are doing it, like, whatever, I guess, I don't know. Doesn't it bother you that you worked hard to earn your grade when somebody else is getting a grade for- not having put in the work. I mean, a little, but like, I got bigger things to worry about, man. That's the only reason I care. And then, like, essentially, they're getting a stamp, like, saying, This person knows this topic when in reality they don't. You know, I didn't comment because I didn't want to get on a whole side quest. No, I, I, I completely understand what you're saying. I personally have never cheated on an exam. Um, I also just kind of don't. It's not fair to the students who study. That is- that is fair. I also personally am just a- I'm an incredibly chill person, I kind of don't care. Um... But if you are going to cheat in a competition... Yeah. Be subtle. I've never Win by a small margin. Yeah. Yeah. I've never watched pro fishing. I know nothing about pro fishing. Absolutely nothing. Would he put these things into the fish? Because like you think no idea, and there would be footage of him catching the fish, and so it would have to be somewhere between that and when they actually weigh them. So maybe when he puts it into his boat or whatever, that's when he's like stuffing it with lead or whatever. I feel like that would probably have to be it, because if you're out in a boat, like, I mean, I'm assuming there's nobody watching? Question mark. I mean, maybe there is now, but. Up to but this it, point. It's still possible for him to have been seen doing that at some point, because, you know, it's just like that, um, 
that Ted Bundy quote that the boys in the last pod always use. Like, you know, because the basic gist of it being the first time you committed murder, you're like super careful, every single detail. And then, but then the eventually, tenth time, you forget where the wrench is. Correct. Yeah. Fuck so Ted he Bundy. might have gotten, um. he might have gotten sort of complacent with it, you know, because maybe he's been doing this for years and he just wasn't as careful about hiding it this time. And very possible. But yeah, no, I just wanted to share that because the intensity of that, like, I am so, like, I don't care about fishing and I am so on this guy's side. Like, all the other people who have, like, been cheated out of money, I am so on their side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it pisses me off because, again, people that work hard, you know, and deserve the accolades, they deserve the money, didn't get it because this guy cheated. Yeah, I got it. Okay, that's the thing. That is a situation where I really care about it. Your biology 101 exam. Eh. See, that, that's, to me, that's the same principle. I mean, it's the same principle. I don't know. It's just an example I can, again, maybe I'm just too chill. That's an example I care less about. Not thousands of dollars on the line. It's a gen ed. Yeah, but some people work so hard. I know. Like, to just the principle of the thing that if you work so hard at something and then somebody else is just handed that thing or somebody else cheats to get that thing like you look at all of your hours of work or years of work and fury and i don't know maybe it's because i am a person who generally is a decent test taker so like even in subjects where i'm not super comfortable like doing okay on exams has never been all that difficult for me in a lot of circumstances. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why I'm really whatever about it. Yeah. Because it's not anything I've ever really struggled with all that hard. So if someone's also just kind of like breezing along, it doesn't feel that egregious to me. I think I, it's largely because I've also had so many meetings with students who, like, maybe on a first exam did really poorly, but then they, I've actually had students who, who like, did really badly, like a D or an E on the first exam, and then came to my office every week to make sure that they understood the material, talked it through with me. We had an individual one-on-one review session. They made all these flashcards. They put all this effort in, and they managed to, like, get a C on the next exam, and it was, like, the biggest thing to them. And I think about people okay, like that. Yeah. no. Because <laughs> I've, I've had multiple students like that who give it, like, their all. They put their soul into even improving one letter grade. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just because of, like, I, that I do well in a, like, traditional school setting that that has never yeah. been, and, like, unless it's a subject that I really, really struggle with, like, you know, advanced level math or something. In general, I do well in, like, a, you know, Traditional classroom setting with exams, homework, yada, yada, yada. Never really been a struggle for me, so I kind of just never thought about it. Yeah. Yeah, some people really struggle with it, but that's why we have, like, academic tutors and stuff like that for the people that have difficulty. Yeah, I I, I functioned very well in school. Me too, I like school. That's yeah, why, no, that's why you, like, to put off leaving it for as long as humanly possible. <laughs> I say, I could go to school until I ran out of school. Yeah, essentially. Um, so yeah, you know what? Uh, don't cheat on your exams. Yeah. Don't do that. Not cool. It's an insult to the people who work so hard. 
Agreed. Not fair to them. Um... With regard to this video, I really want to know what's going through that guy's head when they're all yelling at him. Oh my god, he's I know. Stone face, not sit, not talking, not making any expression, not moving. Just, I mean, the only comparable experience is when someone's yelling at you for some bullshit at work. But like that, I don't care about because it's usually just annoying people who are wrong anyway. Like this guy's really like this guy's wrong, not the customer. Yeah, but like. What do you say in that in that case? You know, it's like you either admit like, oh yeah, sorry, I I did this, I've been doing it for years, apologies, or you deny it, which the evidence is clearly right there. Yeah, I feel like stonewalling people is the only thing you can do, at least at that yeah. juncture. Yeah, especially because like it's probably a crime technically. I mean, they want him arrested because he essentially cheated people out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh yeah, no, I'm absolutely certain that's- even if it's not the law, some authority yeah. for the sport is probably involved at this point. I mean, it's- I, I think it would count as fraud. You know, because you are- I'm not 100% on money. the legal definition of fraud, yeah. but possibly, yeah. You are essentially getting money through nefarious means. Yeah. Which I think fits into the broad category of fraud. There's different types of fraud. I don't know what kind of specific type you would put it in, but that counts, I would say. Because it's just like, you know, swindling people out of their money. They voluntarily give you the money, but you gained it through dishonest means. Makes sense to me. Yeah, but I just, so he can't admit to it. <laughs> Especially knowing he's being recorded, because he's like, what do you do? I can just imagine his mind is, like, freaking out of the- Oh, 100%. <laughs> no, oh my god. Just messy. It is a little bit- It's very satisfying, too, because it's like, you know, for all the people who have never gotten in trouble, you know, for doing stuff like that, mm -hmm. it's like, this guy becomes a repository. Yes! <laughs> it's like, um sort of um a, a surrogate experience where it's like you look at it and you're like yes i vicariously enjoy you guys just reaming this guy out. yeah no honestly i'm here for it um so yeah there's some hobby drama in the pro fishing world yeah who would have thought not every a thing, drama not a thing i would ever thought i would be be interested in but now i'm like i want to know everything leading yeah. up to this and following it yeah I really do want to do some more reading on this, because this was... This, this is a pretty... Re like, this is, like, ongoing. Like, this was a yeah. thing that popped up on my Twitter feed as news. Yeah, I mean, it's dated October 1st, so there's got to be some updates since then. We'll have to do some Googling. Exciting, yeah. exciting. All right, well, that brings us to the end for this episode. What a ride it has been. Indeed. Getting crazy in a bunch of different... A bunch of different little realms. All right. So, um, as always, friends, thank you for fighting with us. We appreciate each and every single one of you, and we'll be back again next week with, um, probably not any more hobby drama stories. We're gonna do a break from that for a little while, but could definitely come back to this at some point. Yeah. Oh, there's so much drama to be enjoyed. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you know, we could, pick, we could all pick something that we know nothing about and then yeah, have to explain it to people. Hobby. We got options, so we'll come back to it sometime, just not next week. Alright, everybody. Adios, we'll see you then. This week's episode of the Fighting with Friends podcast was hosted by Bridget Kelly, 
Zach Calderon, and Dr. Sarah Brooks. You can find other episodes of the podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your other favorite listening platform. Follow us on Twitter at BridgetKelly98, at Zach Calderon, and at And Sarah Said. Rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. Like, comment, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitch and join our Discord community using the links in the description. You can also help support us via the Acast supporter feature, or consider donating to our Patreon. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.